right. So I'm going to talk about the irresistible word of God. Um, one of our first foundations that God is good. And so I want to read to you guys, um, I think it's John 1. I didn't write it down, but it says, Before the, wor- the world began, the word was there. The word was with God, and the word was God. If God is good, the word is good, because God and the word are the same. So I want to talk about... Um, about the word, and that's our starting place. Do you guys know that's always going to be your starting place for any any foundations? Is going to be the word of God. You know, it's our anchor. It brings us back. We can have opinions, we can have thoughts, we can have ideas. You know, um, it probably doesn't say in the Bible like Sarah, this is what you're going to go through this year, and this is how you deal with it. It doesn't say that. I mean, that would be really great if it was like. Um, remember the never-ending story, and it like changed as things happen. Like the pages were not <laughs> like they weren't wrote yet. That actually is true, because God is continual. Like he, the whole, the whole Bible's in God, but God is continual. He's bigger than just the words that He spoke in that that season. He's eternity, so it God keeps going. <laughs> um, it's but it's our anchor. You know, it's not the whole boat. God is bigger. He's bigger than you know. His word continues. Um, he speaks to us now. And um, he's alive. He's still working today. He's still working for your specific situation that you're you're dealing with. I love that because if we only had, if God would only do situations that were in the Bible, like I really don't have a lot of people coming and like pillaging um, my home and and things like that, right? Or like you know stealing my cattle. Or I don't have any of those. So I mean, you're not getting much if 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 that. But there's still situations like the enemy still is coming to steal, right? So I need to know. So that's what I'm saying is God has things. He's still working for your specific situation for you today. Because he didn't just speak. He's still speaking. How many of you guys believe that? That he didn't just speak and it's gone past that he's still speaking to you. How many think God is speaking to you still? Yes. Yeah, he is. He's still speaking to us. Do you pray? Yes, that's a conversation. When I have a conversation, I expect someone to speak to me, right? So that's what I'm saying. He is still listening. He's still listening to your prayers. He's still listening to your petitions. He didn't say, well, you weren't, you, you know, you weren't born in the right time. Sorry, guys. You know? No, he said humanity passed. He died for those. Do you guys know that? Like that we're waiting he died for present when he was on the earth with, with, the, with the disciples. And he said for all future humanity. So if he can speak future tense in that moment when he was Jesus and he came to the earth and he paid for our sins and he died on the cross for us, if he can speak future tense then, don't you think he would live in future tense now? Like he's where we are now. And in a hundred years from now, he'd be there too. Because he is still working for you in your situation. But we need to look at the word to be our anchor. When we need to be sure, when we need to be secure, when we need stability, we need to make sure it's in the word, right? Like if you're wondering, should I have more than one spouse? (laughs) At one time. (laughs) Um, You know, we're under grace. 
It says, you know, you want to be a deacon, be a man of one wife. Okay. You know, it says in God's word, like, I can find that all over. When we see under the law, we see all that messed up. But when we see under grace, it's very, very specific, right? Well, so don't, don't provoke your children to wrath. Like, so if I know that I'm just like teasing, you know, I had siblings and that's why they were siblings and not parents. Because siblings, it doesn't say in the Bible, siblings don't provoke each other to wrath, right? <laughs> it just tells the parents not to do Because parents, we're not, we don't do things like, ha-ha, to our children, hopefully, you know. I mean, other people might throw cheese on your baby's face, but um, <laughs> I may or may not have done that. I'm going to take a drink right now. But it's, it's that security. We know if it's in God's word, people can fight all they want, but it's in God's word. He trumps us. doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter how many, the majority. When you are with God's word, you are the majority. When you are agreeing with God's word, that's the majority. It doesn't matter if thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands are coming against you. That's the truth. So when we want to get back to the anchor, the secure is the word of God. It keeps us from letting our emotions. I love my emotions. I like that God allows me to feel things deeply, good or bad, right? Those are good. God gave them to us, but I'm not going to let my emotions or my circumstance or my own self-righteousness sweep me away. I need the anchor of the word. Well, I think we all need the anchor of the word, right? It's easy to think, have you ever been, I mean, I've been here, let's be honest, where I look at someone else and I go, gosh, you're not living very, you know what I mean? We get self-righteous because like, well, I'm ticking off all these things. It's easy to get that, but then when the word's like, you know, be humble, you're like, well, I'm not that, so I haven't made it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, so if you think, well, I don't really have anything going on. Sometimes it's, it's, it's self-righteousness. You know, sometimes our emotions can be out of control, but our thought process can be like, I know this is emotion. This is how I feel. But I'm going to make my decision based on what your word says. That's why the, God gave us the word. Do you, I love it because it is the only offensive tool we have in the kingdom. It's the only one that's going to do something offensively. You know, it keeps us, it keeps us, it's that start. It's, it keeps us grounded. So do you know that everything, look around, anything that's in here, so even though anything outside was created by spoken word. Because yes, people may have put these chairs together, but God created people through what? His spoken word. So when you think, wow, it makes you come and realize how powerful the word of God is. How powerful the word of God is. I want to read to you, um, if you don't think the world was started through words or all creation, I'm just going to read a little piece from Genesis. We're going to just start in there. It says, God created the sky and the earth at first. The earth was completely empty. There was nothing on the earth. The darkness covered the ocean, and God's spirit moved over the water. No. Then, so it was all dark. God's just like hovering. Probably like this. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then God said, let there be light. But that's the part we usually do. Like, let there be light. We get excited about that. But I like what it says. Then God said. Then God said. And you move down the second day. It said, then God said, let there be space to separate the waters. 
and you keep going. I mean, if you want to see if, you know, that's a confirmation right there. But if we want to go three and we want unity, third day, then God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together and there'll be dry land will appear. Okay. And we can keep going. Then God said, let the earth grow grass. Then God said, let the light in the sky be the sun and the moon. You know, and you can keep going. Everything was created because God, God said, God said, you know, that is powerful. That is powerful. You speak, it manifests. I mean, that would really, I, I would love that, you know, if like, and then like, who needs a job? Then I said, I open my hand and let their show a hundred dollar bill. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, wouldn't that be great if, you know what I mean? But we got to go inside the bounds that God has. He's the creator. So that is the power of the word. And like I said, it's that the, the Bible is the only offensive tool we have. Everything else is just to protect us from what the enemy is trying to do to us. This is when we, the Bible, it's like that sword, and that's when we get to go in and say, oh no, you are not doing this enemy. You are not, devil, you don't have, you know, jurisdiction here. It's that only offensive tool you have to say, you know, everything else protects you. That you're fighting, you have victory with. So there's victory in the word, there's power in the word, there's creation in the word. Because, you, you know, we, we probably all have these stories. I mean, if you don't have one, maybe pray for one, but you <laughs> wait till I, wait till I say what I must say before you pray for that. Because um, there is no circumstance that God's word cannot change. There's no problem too big, and like it says, no mountain too high, you know. Guys, I gotta be funny. I need some more laughs though. Um, but I look at that and it's like his word, there's nothing that God can't bring us out. We probably all have stories when it's like I was here, I was feeling this, I was stuck in this, this wasn't going right, everything was just going wrong, I was sick, you know, I lost somebody, all of this, and God brought you back up. You began to speak his word and it began, you know, faith comes by and hearing by the word of God, your face started rising because you heard the word of God over your life because God created that to have power in your life. He created the word to have more power than somebody even coming and giving you a hug. I mean, I like hugs too. You know, I love that. But he created it more powerful than someone paying your bills. He, he made it more powerful. The word is more powerful than all of those things that maybe we see as powerful you know, success, all of these things. The word is more powerful. He has brought us, he gave us that as a tool. You know, he, he created the universe with, a, with words. I mean, I create some things with words, but it's usually always not that great. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not just that he created with words, it's that he could have done anything. He's God. He could have took something and he could have struck it to create he could have clapped his hands. He could have made thunder and lightning bolts down from the sky, right? To create it. He didn't do any of those things, did he? But he could have. He said, no, I'm going to use the power in the word. That's what he did. Because he, because he said, that's him. And he wanted us, you know, he gave us Jesus so that we can have the Holy Spirit living in us, which is the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. He wanted us to have that power. 
And when you look at that, it says the word is God. He said, I'm going to give you that because he gave himself. And we think, well, he gave Jesus. Yeah, he did. But he gave from the beginning. He gave himself to us for all humanity. When he said, I'm giving you the word of God. When I'm giving you Jesus. When I'm giving you um, to be co-creators of this land. All of the words that he spoke, he's like, we're the same. We're created in the image. I mean, obviously he's God. We're not like, but he created us in his image. If that helps. What I'm saying is, he's saying is, I want that um, intimacy with you. I want that connection. I want you to, I want to share that power, that anointing with you, which he does. He places over us, and he didn't have to. We didn't deserve that. He wanted to share that freedom. He wanted to share all of those things um, with us. And I think sometimes as you become a parent, you sometimes are like, you want your kid, you, you share everything with your kids, whether you know it or not. You know, if you don't share it, they're probably just going to borrow it anyways. Um, but that concept comes from your kids come up to you, mom, can I use your shirt? Mom, can I have this food? Oh, let me, you know, give me a bite of that. All of these things that, you know, our kids probably did when they're little and they get older and, you know, like, when you have a toddler, you don't have any food that's your own. And then you usually give it to them because it's gross. They start touching it with their hands, and there's dirt on their hand, and then they're, like, shoving it all over their face. And they drop it on the floor a few times, and they're like, have a bite. And you're like, you're like oh, mommy's so full. <laughs> right? You ever, you ever share food with a toddler? That's where you build immunity. You don't know where it's been. You don't know where it's been. You know, but God does that. He could have done it just so many ways. He could have put that, you know, that force down. But he said, no, I want to create with words. And God's word always contains what you need. So reading it, speaking it, it gives you power. That is powerful. Sometimes just reading the word encourages me. How many of you guys? How many of you guys have read the word when you're down and it just gave you encouragement? Like, it could be one scripture. You're like, this is where I live now, Lord, just in this one scripture. <laughs> you know? Like, that's all. I can't hold on to anything. I can't think about anything else that's going on. So I'm going to hold on to this. One of our scriptures, you know, Layla used to be like this terrified child to the point, like, she was so tormented and terrified that, um, like, I believed that the enemy was attacking her, but when she was little, she would get fear so bad that her heart would literally stop. The first few times I called the ambulance, and they're like, yeah, like, we usually don't see this in children. Like, it's usually when you're in, like, immense pressure or fear on you, and basically her heart stopped so she wouldn't have a heart attack and die because the fear was so intense. And dealing with that, um, it happened, you know, the first few times. I mean, that's really scary. You go to do, like, CPR on a one-year-old. And, and I look at that, and um, his, I look at God's word contained what we needed. So we worked on the scripture, you know, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, a love, and a sound mind. One time we were at church, and she was in nursery, and that happened. And it was like, we're talking, you know, five to a thousand people in this church, okay? 
And like I'm at the other side and people are screaming and waving their hands. And I mean like the poor pastor that was over the children's, I just, <laughs> they're just screaming because they're like trying to get me and I'm pushing. Th- like it was, I don't know if it was a, uh, like uh, something was going on at like the church, like there was a lot of extra people, but it was, I just remember, and I'm like, what's happening, what's happening? And I get there, and they're like almost in tears, and they're like calling the ambulance, and, and I'm like, what? They're like, oh, your daughter just like, like something, she was, that we were in the nursery, and I don't even know what happened. They're like, and all of a sudden she just looked, and, <laughs> and she just, her eyes rolled back in her head, boom, you know, and they're freaking out, and I come in, and I say, oh, just that. I said, that's okay. She's just dealing with fear. And because I'd already, I mean, you guys, I'd already been dealing with, we, me and Matt have already, like we already called the ambulance. The ambulance already showed up. I already did CPR. You know, this has happened multiple times now. Like she, the enemy was attacking her. And they're like, looked at me like I had three heads. Like, you're the worst mother in the world. Like your child's like laying here. But we had from the first time when we realized that, we started speaking, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So I walked over to her. She was probably 18 months, two years old at this time. And I said, we're not having this here. Get up. And her eyes pop open. She get up. And they're all like, don't bring your child to nursery anymore. It's scaring us. <laughs> Uh, I had to pray, you know, for them. I said, it's okay, it's okay. They're like having, I'm like, do you, we need to check your heart at this time? Because I just felt so bad for them. So I didn't put her in nursery for a long time because I felt terrible because like they were all scared. Like, is it going to happen? Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, it is terrifying to watch. Like, you know, and you're like, there's no pulse. Like, okay, God, we're trusting you. <laughs> like, you know, and, and basically what her heart would restart itself and then she'd be like, I'm hungry, like whatever. But I mean, we had to work on that and we worked on that. That didn't go away. Luckily, that went away after about a year. But we dealt with fear. I mean, there is still sometimes, right, Layla? What? Sometimes I will still feel this in the end of my bed and I'll feel a pillow go on my feet. And she's like, it was scary in my room. And so, <laughs> she's 17, guys. Because you know what? But the also, the things you gotta know, she's a seer. That is scary. <laughs> if you have seen, you know, the enemy has attacked her from birth and all these things. So he don't like her, which I love because that means, you know, if the enemy doesn't like you, you are doing a lot of things right. Amen. If the enemy is your friend, I don't know how that goes. You could probably look at like Princess Bride, like Matt said, the enemy of my friend and my enemy. I don't know how it all goes, but see, we got mercy here. Um, but you know, I mean, I look at that and it's like God's word brought us out of that. She began to speak that and when she was little, I said, we, me and Matt put this into place and we just said, okay, this has to be God's word. There's nothing else. There's nothing. We took her to have EKGs. We t- I mean, taking this little baby and they're hooking them all up and they're like, there is literally nothing wrong with this child. And you're like, check again. This is my child, right? As a parent, you don't want to hear that when something scary is going on. You want there to at least be a reason. So what? You, so you can what? Fix it. Yeah, because we want to fix everything. Cause, you know. But we had to go back. What brought us back was the word of God. We had to go back and say, the only way we're going to have victory in this situation, we went to doctors. We, we've done everything we can here. You know, we're leaving lights. We're doing everything, and it's not working. 
So we had to go back to the Word of God, and we began to put that over that. And then we began to teach her. When you see something, you say, you know what? Get out of here. You don't have no place here. You can't scare me. So she had to start speaking that. You know, she had to speak the Word of God. I don't have fear. You know, when you're little, that's the extent of probably what she was saying back then. But then it's moved on numerous times throughout the years. That didn't just go away. We still deal with it. And when it comes up, I mean, she probably feels like we're a broken record. And I'm like, you bring that to the word of God right now. You bring that to the word of God right now. And she gets victory. But we still struggle with things. We're not, you know, it didn't just one and done. The enemy's not going to just let it go. So we aren't either. We're going to keep bringing the word of God. And we can keep defeating him because that has power. Because all of our needs can be satisfied and fulfilled in the word of God. Do you guys know that? Every need that you have can be satisfied or fulfilled by the word of God. You can keep going on. He's the comforter. He's the peacemaker. I mean, anything you can think of that is good comes from the word of God. Because God is good. Do we understand? God is good. We have to not just say that, but we have to really see that God is good. Even in his correction, he does it in such a way that he's so good that it will bring nothing but prosperity to our life. It will bring nothing but success to our life. It will bring nothing but peace to our life. I love it in Philippians 4.19. If you grew up with us in youth, you will know. This is one of our favorite scriptures. We wrote it in our barn. It says, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Not according to your riches and glory, not according to what you can believe for, according to his riches and glory. That's what God does. He said that's what he wants for us. And I'm not just talking about finance, I'm talking about every area of our life. You know, I love what it says in Psalms 12:6 and it says, "The Lord's words are true and pure." True and pure. Like silver purified by fire, like silver melted seven times to make it perfectly pure. God's words are perfect. You know, there's lots of people who want to be like, well, you know, that's an interpretation of the Bible. Yeah, there's a lot of people who have interpretations of the Bible. But God's word is pure. You may have messed it up when you said it. I may have messed it up when I shared it with somebody. But God's words are pure. You know, even if, even if we misspoke them or took them out of contents, that doesn't make God's words pure. That makes us a little flawed, which is, makes us human, which means that God actually had a reason to send Jesus. If we were perfect and he sent his son and did that, he would not be a good God, would he? That is what we need to understand, that God sent Jesus because we did have a flaw and it covered the flaw. It would be, it would it would be like the enemy if he sent Jesus and we were already like Jesus. Like if we were pure, if we, we could do everything right, we could do everything in the right timing. I mean, I feel like I do a lot of things right in the wrong timing. Anybody been there? I do a lot of wrong things, but I like get away with it because it's the right time. <laughs> right? Like it's not the, per- it's not, I'm not saying sin. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying like go do sin and God, if it's the right time, you'll be okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like sometimes you make a decision and you're like, that really wasn't the best way to do this. Or maybe I could have done something better, but because I was in the right season, I kind of got grace there, right? So I'm talking about that, that God's word is true and pure no matter what. He gave it to us, you know, as a weapon. Nothing the enemy can do 
can, can destroy God's word. He can try to distort it. People may believe that, but the word remains true. Because God's word contains something. It's a container. It's a container. It has love and joy and peace and provision and power and truth. And just keep going because it's not going to end. I mean, you could probably go on and hope everything. You know, God places a high standard on the word. And he uses the word to create, not destroy. He's not a destroyer. He's just not. Even when, even when he's like, seasons are done, and you think, well, you're destroying my life, God. You won't let me do what I want. He's like, oh, no. He's purifying you like he did with the silver, getting all the junk that's going to... Sometimes we don't see future out that things will affect us later, right? When you, when you have kids and their teeth are coming in, you don't let them have candy. Why? You don't let them just eat candy all the time. What happens to their teeth? They come in rotten. You know what I mean? Things like that. They... It's not that you're like, oh, you can't have some sleep, but you're saying, I'm looking to future tense that I would like you to have teeth. I mean, a smile is cute. A toothless smile is cute if you're under one. It's not as cute, right? (laughs) We have these. But what I'm saying is he doesn't do things, even in correction, even when he's putting us, you know, through that, like I said, the silver, like getting all the junk off. I'm not going to say it's comfortable. I'm not going to be like, oh, this just feels so great. God's just, you know, his words just tell me I can't do whatever I want. Oh, I like it. No, sometimes we don't like it. Sometimes, you know, we'd like to just be like, I'm going to tell you. Mm, get some attitude in here. And guess what? I have enough facts. I can be right. We can do all of these things. But God's like, that's not what his word is for, right? His word is to create, not destroy. And he placed a very high standard on it. The more time we spend in the word, the more seasoned we're going to be in grace. You ever notice, like, why are grandparents less annoyed with grandchildren than parents? (laughs) They have spent some time being seasoned in grace. It doesn't really, you know what I mean? They don't have to see them every day. They get most of the good moments, and they realize, you know what? Your parents have to put the, the money out for you. And they have to, they're the ones that don't get to go to bed when they want to go to bed. So we learn grace. And so when the little kid does something, when it was our kid, they probably get a spanking. And as grandma and grandpas, you're probably like, oh, be nice. They're just a little baby. Right? Right? Because you're like, they need grace. They're just little. They're learning. They're learning their independence. It's fine. And the parents are like, you never gave me that. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, time. The more time you spend in the word, that's the same thing. The more time you spend doing that, they've been a parent. You get seasoned, and then your grandkids get the reward of it. <laughs> but the same thing, the more time you spend in his word, the more seasoned we're going to be able to come to circumstances with grace and not self-righteousness or judgment or anger. The more wisdom we're going to get for trials and circumstances. I want to know, you know, I look at, it's like, I don't have any money. I don't have a job, you know. There's a lot. Okay, I got to go out and do whatever. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat, right? Got to do something. God's telling you that it's good to put your hand to the plow and work. Some of you really put your hand to the plow in here because you actually are farmers and you have plows. Um, good job. You took that word, you know. See, God spoke that right to you. You can say, that word is for me. <laughs> but there is I want wisdom for my circumstances. I don't want to be in that, I don't want to be in the same place 
that I was yesterday that I'm going to be tomorrow. I'm like, I want to know how to go through that. Like you playing, we watched the movie Dodgeball. If you're playing Dodgeball, you want to know to move the next time. If they're going to hit you with a ball, the first time you get hit, right? The next time, what are you going to do? Dodge it. That's wisdom. You don't just be like, throw a ball at my face and just stand here. If you do that, you probably shouldn't play sports because every sport has lots of balls that are constantly like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what wisdom does. It tells you, maybe try something different. I got some ideas. You know, God's coming in there. Hey, I got some ideas for you. Will this work? You know, and sometimes we're just standing there getting, no, I'm not going to listen. <laughs> just get, and then you're like, I don't know why I'm just getting so beat up. Really? Because you're just standing there and letting the enemy beat you up. So we need that wisdom. Do you know the more faith we acquire, then we're able to trust him. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That means if we want to get faith to trust God, to trust people, to trust others, we need to what? Hear the word of God. That's right. You know, the more hope leads to more joy, the more comfort and peace we experience is all in God's word. The word is a foundational need. I'm pretty sure like, that should be foundational if you're like, what is foundational? The word of God is something you can build on. So if you're like, I need something to build on, make it be the word of God. Okay, you know what? You might have to go back and say, you know what? I didn't live like this and say, okay, I, your kids are arguing. Be like, you know, let me see what God's word says in that. Your kids probably straighten up. You know why? Because they know. They know the word of God. Could say, you know, I'm going to have to see what God's word says on that. They can argue with you. They can argue, you know, with their friends. They can argue, but you know what? No one is going to succeed in arguing the word of God because it is true. That's why it's foundational. Not going to break it up easy. It's not going to just fall away. It's the same. God is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's not going to change his mind and say, well, maybe my son didn't die for you on the cross. He's not going to do that, is he? He's not going to say, we're done with these generations. We're not going to do that, you know. So that is a foundational need. And we need to, the last thing I want to leave you guys with is remember that all of the Bible is in God. But not all of God is in the Bible because he's bigger and he's continually speaking. He's speaking to you. He's using his word to speak to you. When we get in his word and we're like, we read that, we're like, that was for me today. Yes, because God chose today a divine appointment to speak to you using his word. It is for you today. He's continually speaking. God doesn't say, well, this generation's past. God is speaking to you today. He's using his word. If we're struggling, we need to go back to his word. That is, Jesus was created out of the word. We were created out of the word. Everything was created when God spoke. So we need to make sure that that is a foundational thing a foundational piece for us. If we want to, if we're saying, how many of you guys want to have joy in your life? Like, you don't want to have depression? I do not want to have depression. It doesn't feel good, right? (laughs) How many of you guys want to have abundance? I do. (laughs) Yes, Lord. I'm speaking then. I would like to have abundance. You know, I want to just go have fun and do things with my family, right? How many of you guys, I mean, it'd be great if I could have abundance without working, but, you know, God's word also says I have to work. Those are things we want in our life. How many of you guys lo- want to have a great marriage? Yes. Even if you how many of you guys want to have great kids? How many of you guys want to be great kids? 
I mean, we're all kids in here, somebody. Even if, even if you're the most mature person in here, we'll say it that way, or, um, you're still somebody's kid. Amen. You're still God's kid. Amen. Even if both your parents have gone on to the Lord, you're still God's kid. We want all these things, then we have to have a good foundation to put them on. So that's, that's what we're going to be doing this next month. We're going to be talking about how to have that foundation so we have, when we begin to go out and we begin to grab those promises, when we begin to, you know, take that faith and use it, we have something to put it on, is those foundational things. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to have a great week this week. I just feel it. So, all right.